Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. Do you believe you said that roughly 449 times? No. Well, like, you took over, like, 15, 20 episodes in. Yeah, because you suck. No, because I was like, I open and host enough shit. Yeah. Do something. And you suck. I am one of the... Preeminent podcasters in the world. It's me. How did you say that with a straight face? Easily. Because I mean it. Just because nobody knows it doesn't mean it's not true. That's exactly what it means. Me. Mm -hmm. Joe Rogan. (laughs) (laughs) I think there are three things Joe Rogan and I have in common. Two of them. One of them is we're both men. Another one is we both host a podcast. Well, uh, you're a co-host. Well, I host Potswaddle, which... A wrestling podcast with entertainment. Correct. Formerly Irony. Yeah, I'm aware. I don't want beating around the bush here. We have a lot to talk about. So I don't know, I'm wasting my breath on fucking Joe Rogan's bloated bald ass. It is... Is that the third thing you guys have in common? (laughs) Oh! All right. It's Wednesday. July 26th, 2023, mm-hmm. at 9.20 in the evening. It's the fastest you've ever told time. On that kind of clock, yes. I also have a watch on it. It's digital. You're a fucking idiot. If I'm you're new here, an idiot. you can't tell time. Yes, I can tell time, but it's really hard when we're playing the Big Braid Academy. It's like... 235 minutes, fall back. Just count by six. That's all that it is. You get, you go around to that number, that's 60 minutes. You go around the yeah, number, no, I know that's how another 60 minutes. You go around the number, it's another 60 minutes. Yeah, I know that, but it, I have to do it so quickly. Which you don't do anything quickly. Right. Suck. We're married. We have a lot of movies. We talk about those movies. <sighs> we talk about our lives. Those movies are now fully alphabetized. That's just for Samantha and I. Uh... This whole yeah, time. Yeah, how are you going to fit this movie back up there? It's giving me such anxiety. Thankfully, this is in the S's. That'll be easy. Um, We're going to zoom through those Fast and Furious movies. It's going to be really, really, really bad, yeah, when we get to Fast and Furious. I mean, for you, it gives you something to do. And then when we watch the second Keeps and third Birdemic in October. Keeps you out of trouble. Again. I thought you froze. I'm Mitch McConnell right I, now. I thought that you froze. Do you see that story? We're recording this today. Mitch McConnell probably died. Oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> Sinead O'Connor died today. It's been, a, it's been an action-packed day. Sinead O'Connor died. Uh, apparently, UFOs and aliens are confirmed real. And uh, Yeah. Wh- uh, They've always been Mitch real. Mitch McConnell came out for like some kind of like speech uh, for you know uh, on the Senate. Not the floor, but like in the halls. And he just froze for like 
20 seconds and they had to like take him away <laughs> because like he either had a stroke or he shit his pants or he just malfunctioned. I don't know what the fuck it was. So that was my uh, ode to Mitch there. Get, get well soon, Mitch. But I mean, get into a well and have yourself be buried underneath it. Um, Perfect. Again, we have other things to talk about. Namely, today's movie. You nominated A Star is Born. But before then, it's the moment I've been waiting for and the moment everyone listening has been waiting for. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. I went to the cinema last week and had myself... one of the, I'm going to say it. One of the ten best days of my entire life I had. It's, Terrible. What does that mean? That's one of the ten best days of your life? Yes. We've had a lot of... We've been together 16 years. Yeah, and a You're couple of them are up there, too. A the day, couple of them the, are up there? The day we got married, the day Jillian was born, uh, Max and RJ's wedding when I met Victoria Mills, uh, <laughs> the day the Cavs won the, the title, you were there for all those, so that's good. I'm allowed to have one day by myself where I had fun? Heaven forbid... It, I didn't say it was top yes, five. Did. I said top ten. Yeah, but so in the last... So hang on a second. Hang on a second. So you're telling me that in approximately 5,800 days... Of my entire life? Just more. Just over 5,800 days that you and I have spent together. Oh, spent together. I don't know. I was going to say... Well, no, yeah. because we through the whole thing. We've Hold been on. together 16 years. Oh, you keep reminding me. So 36 times 365. So out of 13,140 days, yeah, it's definitely in the top. What's 1% of that? 131 days? It's definitely in the top 1% of days I've ever had. The other 130 days better include me. Because uh, I've been there for almost half of those. Like, yeah, probably probably almost half. Almost half? Almost half, yeah. Look, I had a good childhood. Um... Playing by yourself. High school. High school was cool. Um, you know, you're not. Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, I am. I didn't say anything. There. Exactly. Like you're you're distracting me from my point. It was Barbenheimer Day. I've been waiting for it uh, for years. I've never been so. I never felt so validated in my interest in my life than like how this just exploded. I feel partially responsible. Um, people are just like, that guy's got the right idea, because I've been talking about this for, you know, the better part of a, a year, year and a half, and it was considering to make significant plans to not spend the day alone to do it, but unfortunately, monetary and, uh, you know, life reasons allowed that to not happen, so instead, I journeyed out by myself in quite a state, and watched Oppenheimer in IMAX, not in 70 millimeter because... We don't, there was only one theater in Florida that had it, and it was, I think, in Miami um, at 10.40 in the morning. And then I had some overpriced food milkshakes after already having... $20 milkshake. It was a $15 milkshake, legitimately. Well, 20 if you'd added If I'd added the alcohol, alcohol. It, but I'd already had enough to, uh, to drink. Um, and went to Barbie at 4.10... And I honestly think it was the best day at the movies I've ever had my entire life. Oh my god, how many movies have you and I seen together? A, a lot. 
But uh. this experience changed me. You're I've been so in a bad mean. mood ever since. Because like, I'll never experience I'm that unaware. ever again. You rubbed it off on me. Well, not just you living your life. Uh, You're rude. <laughs> You're ruining the story for everybody. I'm not doing anything. Just sitting here listening to you try to tell the story. That's plenty of you keep interrupting me. We are going to go see Barbie together with Jillian. Mm-hmm. Uh, in two weeks' time, basically. Are you sure? Are you sure you want to you want to taint your best day ever? Oh, trust me, it, it's crossed my mind. Uh, now, here's the crazy thing: if I actually had a pick, if you forced me to say which of these I prefer, because I do, I I think they're both are. Fantastic movies, important movies, what the movie should be for totally different reasons. And shockingly, some similar reasons. Um, I would pick Oppenheimer. And it's a movie I actually would prefer to re-watch in the case of I have to just pick one to watch from an enjoyment aspect. I would surprisingly pick Oppenheimer. Um... In terms of the movie, I want to rewatch to like really get it. I felt very self conscious while watching Barbie by myself. Um, so so well, let me, let me but why 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 would you? I mean, what were you wearing? I was wearing hot pink basketball shorts and a Barbie tank top, and I was totally by myself. So IMAX for Oppenheimer naturally the the theater is bigger and more spacious and it's just set up a little different and it was just early in the morning and the vibe of the movie just felt more akin to uh, somebody by themselves trying to watch that movie whereas Barbie from the moment I got to the theater and I spent the day there there were so many kids hmm. really I, I, it was wall-to-wall Kids and young girls and families that I felt were there under false pretenses. And it, it I felt it in the showing I was in. Because you figure it was opening day, 4 o'clock, and these are people that are gassed up to see this movie. And granted, the whole Barbenheimer experience kind of had a tongue-in-cheek you know and, and Barbie itself in the in the, the marketing and the lead-up to it was all very tongue-in-cheek and definitely had more of a intellectual message just naturally from Noah Baumbach and Greta Gerwig than it just being like here's an IP Barbie blockbuster movie you know what I mean mm-hmm, it's it's mm-hmm. not that not that at all they hoodwinked so many people and I think the audience I was in didn't fucking get it. There were some people that did, and there's some people, I, and the movie does transcend to a certain point those that expectation and those people, but I was loving it and mm-hmm. laughing my ass off, but I was kind of on an island for some of that. Really? And then when that happens, you naturally kind of reserve yourself. You kind of don't react as as loudly because I don't want to ruin the other experience that people have. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, it does. It like, does. If I, see, if I were to see the funniest movie I've ever seen in a room full of people that aren't laughing, 
it immediately dampens the experience. Because yeah. you're, I, I get self-conscious of like, am I wrong? Or am I bothering people? Like, what is this? So that's why I want to see it again to see to see if that aligns a little bit better. Um, I still thought it was was great. Uh, it's it's shocking they got that movie made the way they got it made. And I can't wait for you to see what I'm talking about. I cried in both movies. Um, of course you did. Uh, significantly cried in both movies, which was another thing because I was sitting next to a stranger. Um, you're not even listening. You're just playing with a doll. And, no, I am you know. listening. You were sitting next to a stranger crying. <laughs> oh, this is my life. Um, but Oppenheimer was, I think, at the end of the day, will end up being probably one of my five or ten favorite movies of all time. Really? Legitimately. It is that great in terms of its acting. I mean, and there's it's just... It's not even a murderer's row. It is the whole prison of the worst criminals ever. In terms of like, at, like, really, it, it's just like, you forget halfway through. You're like, oh yeah, this person's supposed to be in this movie, and there's like best actor winners that are in this movie for like five minutes, <laughs> just oh to God. give like a couple a couple scenes, and it's just it's fucking amazing what he does, uh, which is great because next week. Our four hundred fifty episode, we're covering a Christopher Nolan movie we hadn't seen, um, Interstellar, um, which we we have already watched from when we we're recording this. So um, it, he's just firing on all cylinders. It left me paralyzed in my seat at the end of it. It's just so fucking, for lack of a better term, the bomb getting dropped on you, of the message and the way that they get it across about mm. it all is just. It's just fucking superb, and I am seriously debating, like, when can I get four hours to, like, <laughs> go again? Because obviously we can't take Jillian to go see it. Um, yeah, I'd say so. And I, I would love for you to be able to, to see it in theaters. Well, I do think it is a, a theater experience, and I do think you would you would like it just as much as I did. Oh, really? Or maybe I'll, oh, maybe I'll, I'll know better after we talk about Interstellar uh, tomorrow or next week. But, uh... Yeah, it just, it felt good to be, there was just an energy in the theater, it was fucking packed, all the people that worked there seemed miserable, and I remember that feeling, Yeah, it felt like the summer, it felt like important shit was happening, and it was just uh, a 10 out of 10 experience, if I could go higher than I would. Oh um, good, I'm so glad you enjoyed yourself. I did, thank you. And uh, we will get your thoughts on Barbie. In two weeks' time. And, oh, maybe no. We'll, maybe we'll convince somebody to watch Jillian. We'll, we'll go back out and see Oppenheimer again. There's, oh, August is jam-packed. We already have our tickets for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, which we're going to go see in Chicago. Um, maybe we'll have a special bonus episode related to that as well. You got fucking Blue Beetle coming out. Grand Turismo, The Meg 2, Let's Voyage of the Demeter. Uh, fucking I Want to Talk to Me. Haunted Mansions is getting mixed reviews, as you'd expect. Uh... It's just it's a it's a good time. It's a good it's a good time at the at the at the cinema. Good. And that weird sound of freedom movies made like hundred and forty million dollars. So oh my gosh. Um but that being said, let's get into the movie that you surprisingly nominated uh for us to watch today. I love this movie. I hate you. A star is born. Passionate, emotional, and fearless, says 
Kenneth Turan, Los Angeles Times. In this new take on the tragic love story, Jackson Maine, Bradley Cooper, is a seasoned musician who discovers and falls in love with struggling artist Allie, Lady Gaga. She has just about given up on her dream to make it big as a singer until Jack coaxes her into the spotlight. Mm, coaxes? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I saw that word and I was like, oh, the word <laughs> Coaxes her into the spotlight. But even as Allie's career takes off, the personal side of their relationship is breaking down as Jackson fights an ongoing battle with his own internal demons. Stupid idiot. <laughs> I was thinking like a coaxial cable. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I was like, the only time I see that word really is like that. So here we go. Um, so I'm still up two. It's fine. Um, or am I up three? Nope, I'm, you're up one. I'm up one? What the fuck that happened? I have nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Because I didn't have any for Jupiter Sending or Speed 2. And you are at eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Because you've had one each of the last movies you've read. <laughs> Whatever. So, yes. uh, long-time listeners of the podcast will probably remember... What are you talking about? How I had to coax you... Coax me. Uh-huh. Into going to see this, because you were dead no. set on, I don't want to see this movie... I don't like country music. I don't. Which was your basis for not wanting to see it, which is fucking stupid as hell. I mean. And finally I was like, look, this is supposed to be one of the best movies of the year. Yeah, yeah. So I I wanted to see this movie. Big fan. You were impossible to have a conversation with sometimes. And. I'm not sure what you're talking about. What I'm experiencing right now. And we saw it. And. It was fucking great, and I I loved it, and you were still, like, poo-pooing it. Um, You know I was only doing it to piss you off, right? Yeah, well, that's not not conducive for a conversation about a movie. (laughs) You're supposed to say how you feel and what you think. Yeah, I know. That's why we're recording this podcast, to discuss those. Semantics. I'm going to off and backhand you into the new greatest moment of my life. That's, that's, that's going to make it's going to make it to the top ten. It's going to trump Barbenheimer there. Um, that's mean. And you're just so mean. You're mean. I was very very passionate about this movie around the award season, not just because I think we had it for the movie league we were in, but because. What it was up against at the time, mm, and, we, and we went over mm-hmm, this. Mm-hmm. We went over this again recently, didn't we? Where, yeah. where we were just discussing um, that we were like pissing and moaning about what did and did not win for things. Um, what were we doing that lately? Oh no! Oh, we were doing we the were opposite talking, of it. Yeah, we we're talking about Jupiter ascending with the Razzies <laughs> and Eddie Redmayne because then we looked at what oh, he that's won. What, it was. Yeah, yeah, that's what, what he won for uh, for uh, the Danish Theory girl. Everything, yeah. Oh, right. Was, wasn't he nominated for the Danish girl? I yes, think? but we were more so talking, talking about, about how him he won for a Theory of but Everything. But Star Wars Born in 2018 to me was like without question the best movie of the year, and Bradley Cooper was the best actor. And Lady Gaga was the best actress, and Bradley Cooper was the best director, and it only fucking won for Shallow, and this was the Green Book year. This is the Bohemian Rhapsody year. It's yeah. like, 
it, it fucking puts flames on the side of my face about it. Flames. And if you were to ask somebody, that's why the, the mindset of, oh, let's give the Oscars away like five years. Like, what stands the test of time? Ain't nobody fucking ever watching Green Book ever again. Bohemian Rhapsody is one of those shitty cable movies that's just going to be on fucking forever. And people are like, who's watching this? Whereas The Star is Born, like, Shallow is one of the best songs in a movie ever and will forever be. Lady Gaga has now established herself as a A-lister actress on top of her, you know, pop icon status. Yeah. Bradley mm-hmm. Cooper is one of the most exciting people in Hollywood. His new movie, Maestro, comes out this year and is already getting, you know, excellent buzz for his, his follow-up to this. It just... It, it really angers me and pisses me off when these campaigns or these momentums just happened. This wasn't the joke year. I'm sorry. Joke year was 2019. This is the Rami Malek in Bohemian Rhapsody year. Uh, also Christian Bale in fucking Vice, Willem Dafoe in Eternity's Gate, mm. and Viggo Mortensen in Green Book. Mm. That's so stupid. And Olivia Coleman won for the favorite, um, which I'm ultimately fine with because it wasn't Glenn Close and the wife in another one of those uh, honorary Oscar years. So uh, this might be the third or fourth time I've seen this since uh, seeing it in theaters. Since seeing it in theaters, This yeah. is your second time. Mm-hmm. Um, can you candidly tell us what you think about this movie? This is a great movie. Mm-hmm. You, you still make it sound sarcastic. No, no, no. It's... <laughs> no. This is a very well-done movie. It's got great acting, great directorial debut from Bradley Cooper. The music... Forget about it. Like, it's it's great. You turned um, into a soprano there. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's great. Can you confirm to me right now that the only reason you didn't want to see this initially way back when was because you thought it was about country music? No. I just, you were so gung-ho about it, and I just wanted to... You know, so you give us some, spite, some tension. You just to spite me. Some tension. Being, you were doing this off air. Well, yeah. You just wanted to spite my enthusiasm to spoil it, just like you did 15 minutes ago about a Barbenheimer. You just live to spite my I didn't enthusiasm. I did spite your enthusiasm about Barbenheimer. You were like, oh, one of the best days you've ever had, huh? What about you me? You said it was one of your top ten best days. So you should be happy for me that I had that experience. We've had rough going as of late, busy at work, and all this shit going on. The fact that I was able to have that, you can't be happy I'm for so me? I'm so happy for you. But top ten? You are as... <laughs> you can't butt that! You butt a lot of things that I say. You are a butt. Yeah. I'm about to get in a real fight with you on this podcast. We've been already, we've been fighting for 20 minutes. Uh, Play fighting. It's interesting that this works as well as it does because I I think the other reason, if I can, lovely, the other reason that I think you maybe subconsciously were abrasive to this was a reason why a lot of people were is because on paper, at the time, you're like, oh, this could, this could be an all-time shit show. You have a, an A-list actor making his directorial, directorial debut, debut mm-hmm. and also he's taking on a role where he's not a singer, he's not a musician at all, mm-hmm. but he's, he's playing one. And it's a remake, a movie that's been remade four, four times. Four times, I think, yeah. 
most recently and most famously the Barbra Streisand, mm-hmm. uh, Chris Christopherson version. Mm-hmm. You have Lady Gaga, mm-hmm. who had won, uh, I think, a Golden Globe. And I, I remember I was like anti her as an actress because she seemed so try hard to me and every time and any any trailer any any interview any mm-hmm. press release was like this this woman just wants to be loved in that world and she should just stick to what she's doing it felt like she was trying to follow that Madonna path to a fault and then you had fucking Chappelle and Dice and it's it's one of the weirdest fucking cats of all time. It, 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 it also it, ends up being one of the greatest cats of all time. Yes, absolutely. And it everything just fucking works. It all just works so well together. So perfectly and became I mean honestly, this is one of the last hits like this that we'll probably ever get in a the theater. Like a movie like this now, even with Bradley Cooper, even with Lady Gaga, this made like two hundred million dollars, you know, mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. That's not gonna fucking happen again. It's just, yeah. it's just fucking not. They'll put this on a streamer, or they'll put this out. It'll make like a quarter of that. It's just, it's just it, our habits have changed. But this is a movie that like need, like again, needs to be seen and experienced in the theater because it's emotional, it's funny, it's raw. This is one of like the most realist. Realistic is it's authentic. That's what I'm looking for. Because realistic, it is not. It's actually one of my biggest complaints about the movie is I have no idea what passage of time we're looking at here. Because That's one of my things that I wrote down. I was like, how much time has passed? Is t- it like a month? In 10 <laughs> minutes, she's going on tour with him and then is getting nominated for multiple Grammys. <laughs> it, it is like, what the fuck is happening? We can dig it down a little bit deeper yeah, here. But yeah, yeah. I have the same note. Authentic is... So authentic with just the emotion makes it so the passion authentic. of people behind mm-hmm. the passion of people about their music and about their craft the passion that i mean this movie is a is okay if the leads have middling chemistry but mm-hmm. from the very very first scene not the very very first scene the first time that that you see Jack and Allie together when he's obviously sauce and he can barely hear and she's you know taken aback by him being there and trying to you know take, take off, off her, her eyebrow eyebrows and stuff. stuff yeah it's this really awkward i i wrote this weird same chemistry thing. it's like this awkwardness with the first meeting but that's real it's real and it's like the foundation of a lot of love stories it's like that you know i like you but I don't know how to be around you. Yeah. Kind of thing. And then the very, very next scene, you see just the two of them, they're at that cop bar, and you get into, like, the the nose stuff. Like, you're off to the races from that very first scene because she's being, uh, she's not pouring her heart out, but she's, she's like, self-deprecating. Self-deprecating, and and he's trying to bolster her, and they just have this energy in this, this... And I think it also has to do with how subdued um, Bradley Cooper's performance is. It, I don't know how to explain it, but like the way that they play off of each other. Well, it's very clever how they do a lot of it because, so number one, he's playing an alcoholic. So he's always in a state of kind of 
mumbling or not really sure what he's talking about, but he's so present in the moments that he is with her. But mm-hmm. also, he has the tinnitus issue going on, mm-hmm. so he can't hear. So a lot of their stuff, it kind of becomes this like Robert Altman style of like talking over one another and him like having to like ask what's being said and understand what's going on. And that's like fucking life. Like, like that's Absolutely. like that's what happens Absolutely. all the time. So it becomes not necessarily understated, it becomes just life. But on a very, very keyed up keyed up big stage yep. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, environment. Um do you have a favorite Scene. I mean, it's a stupid question to probably ask in this movie. Do you have a favorite scene in this movie? I have a lot of favorite scenes in this movie. Uh-huh. I love the shallow scene. I mean, it's, it's I, I love. Well, okay. I really love the parking lot scene. Oh sure. Right before that, when they're like, you know, after she punches him, he, he's putting the peas on her hand and stuff. I love that scene, and like that's kind of when you start getting the first notes of shallow, right? Mm-hmm. I love that scene. I love just. That then that whole stretch of them of him sending the driver, um, them going to work, mm-hmm. them quitting, them going in the car, going backstage, going up on the stage, singing shallow. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's one it, of the most instantly iconic scenes in the movie. It's ever awesome. It's just so just, just vibrant. Wanna, just want to be clear, so we're we're gonna nitpick about time frame here. So. In 24 hours. <laughs> in 24, less than 24 hours, because you figure, so a concert ends at what? 10, 11 o'clock at night, right? Sure, sure, sure. They're in L.A., and so it, it doesn't matter because they're on L.A. time and they, they live in L.A. So he goes to this drag bar and the bar closes. So it's, it's 2, right? Sure. So they're going out to have drinks afterwards at 2 o'clock. They are... Going to uh, twenty four hour CBS. Sure, that's fine. He drops her off as the sun is coming up. It's six, light time, so six? six seven o'clock in the morning. Sure, right? sure, sure. Um, I don't think it's set up where the concert is, but it's necess- necessary for her to jump on a private get jet. Get on a private jet. Before this, she gets a little bit of sleep, not a lot. Has time to talk to her father and all of his limo drivers in the morning. Sure, get. Stalked to uh, around. She, she probably could have gone by to work alias at dude. Four o'clock, in the, and then so, so concerts. Uh, the concert probably went on from like seven to to ten. Right, so, and they they are rushing to get her there right. in time. Yeah. Meanwhile, so this is the alley stuff. Meanwhile, Jack has made it wherever he needs to go. He's undergoing uh here like ear tests. He sure. is doing Doctor his regular road. sound check. Yeah. And, and taught the guys the song. <laughs> I wrote it down. <laughs> it has, I was like, when the fuck they practice this and shit? And has time to arrange with his entire band. The song. The, the music. And he finishes, essentially, yeah, writing the song. Yeah, he another verse of the song. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is. It's like, bonkers. You are giving it quite... The leash in terms of believability, and and it's so. But, but guess what? You didn't say shit about it, so we had to record. No, oh, one hundred percent. No, I, I thought about it every time I said, "I'm like, how? Like, yeah." What? But I was this like, is impossible. Yeah, but, I was like, how? 
When did they practice? It doesn't matter because as soon as she, oh, like as soon as I hit you, like I'm fucking in. Let's yeah, exactly. Go. And then his smile when she's done, like how happy yeah, he is. He's so happy. It's fucking sick. I want to get back and to then, the parking lot. The parking lot is like you can't look away from it. It is a little all over the place, and I do find that a little jarring in some of their early scenes. Is we talked about it's it's authentic, but they do kind of sometimes have some conflicting stuff going on where. You know, she just kind of starts singing, and he's still trying to talk about something else. It, it, it's got a weird vibe to it at, at points. But again, that's kind of... But that's life. That, that, that's true. Look at the conversation that we've just had in the last 30 minutes on this on this podcast. I was going to say, look at the first conversation we had when we were getting together. And it's like, yeah, that's a fair point. Um, that too. Yeah. That too. Um but yeah, and then, also, and then but then you get mm-hmm. and then you tap it off with like these big showy like I just want to take another look at you like yeah. stuff like that is the stuff that you know rom coms and, and like gentlemanly just are made romantic yeah. right. Um, I also really love every scene with the drag queens. I want a whole sitcom with the drag. Queens. I just loved them. Sign my boobs. Like I'm wearing my Jackson boobies. Like I love. I love everything about them. Everything it's great. about them that it is. And you got Anthony Ramos. Awesome. He's kind of like the little spliff star hype man the whole time. And I love it's, it. It's awesome. I love it. Um, and yeah, what what um what about you? What favorite scene? So what favorite scenes. I just love the I just love the opening of the movie as well. Like going right into Black Eyes is just fucking oh. sick. And then the smash cut of him just alone and sad and drinking. Like of everything I talked about earlier about this movie's recognition against the competition it was with. The two biggest things to me that are maddening is Cooper not even getting nominated for director when he was arguably it, the front runner. It, it's that bullshit. Pay your dues. Sure, but you know, I, I, this I'm is sure Pavel Pawlowski from Cold War was fine. Sure. You know, but the director's branch is so fucking particular about making sure they have international representation. That you know. I've not seen Vice. I have not seen uh, The Favorite. But you can't tell me the craftsmanship of this movie probably doesn't beat out on either one of those. Oh, I totally agree. Totally agree. He he gets such... Like, he's one of those I've talked about before with um, Jordan Peele, with... I just mentioned it with Sean Baker when we did Florida Project. Uh, There's a couple other ones. Nolan, to me, would be in that, that category now where it's like... Uh, I am going to be, uh, Ari Aster, I'm going to be at your movie in theaters or whenever it comes out from here on in. And even just in this one movie, he has me for, until he truly starts throwing up full-blown turds. Yeah. Um, But even bigger than the directing point to me, the editing in this movie is fucking outstanding. The editing tree... The, the scene where, so the, prior to the shallow scene, when they're just doing the, um, it's not Alibi, I forget the name of it, because I listen to the soundtrack all the time, I think it's an excellent soundtrack. Again, for not liking kind of the style of music, they do a good job of making it like heavier on the rock aspects, and I think it's really, lis- really listenable to. That's not a word. Um, but when the guy's doing the song where it's just the, the, uh, the drumsticks clacking against one another, and it's interspersed with seeing the concert... And the drumsticks and Bradley Cooper's playing a guitar and them trying to get to the show. Like, the back and forth. 
that is so well done to build up the anticipation Absolutely. to the show scene. This movie lost the fucking Bohemian Rhapsody for editing. Like, the controversy of Bohemian Rhapsody winning in the first place, when it was basically most editing as opposed to least, or, like, best editing, and, like, re-watching this back and, like, knowing that fact, like, I was gritting my teeth over here writing these notes because it's just, it's stupid. Like, I, I don't see, it's preposterous. I, I don't see how something like that can fucking happen. Um, so, yeah, so every song fucks. Uh, those are the two things I wanted to point out, uh, there, my favorite scene in the movie that's non, uh, that's non, uh, shallow. Whew, it's so hard for me to, to pick. I probably would go with. I'm gonna give you three. The the tit for tat, uh, argument in the bathtub mm-hmm. is is fucking just. Awesome and raw and fucking perfect. Just like the tit-for-tat uh, bro argument when he finds out that he sold his dad's uh, oh, yeah. uh, land. The, the ranch. And yeah. he was told. And they're just... Each little quip they have back and forth is just another fucking dagger. Well, and, and, it, and it's so good because it's so real. Because we've all done that. We've all been that low where we say something we know is going to mm-hmm. hurt. You know, just, just to, to dig it in a little deeper. Yep. And then uh, the Grammys. I mean, the Grammys is that big, showy, kind of unbelievable piece of of film that you need to have to show him at his nadir. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. probably my least favorite part of the movie is... The 15, 20 minutes we kind of spend in rehab and him trying to, like, pick himself, like, up, leading into, obviously, the the, the, the tragedy that is, you know, naturally what A Star is Born is. Um, that's probably my weakest part of the, the movie through and through, besides, you know, several other nitpicks that uh, I want to get into here in a minute, but... Those three, you know, in terms of scenes, you know, there's plenty of other moments throughout that I like a little bit more than all of those. Um, mm-hmm. I love, uh, I love the little SNL bit because it just gives it that sense of like putting you in the world, like the realism of this is what happened to this person in their career yeah. and everything else. Again, time frame wise, I. <laughs> She has a single, then she's on SNL, and then she has a billboard, and she's she's has the capability of telling her dancers to not come on stage with her, and then and then she's getting nominated for Grammys, yeah, <laughs> and winning them is is, is silly. Uh, I also love. Um, I lost my train of thought. I apologize. Um, Something that I really love about this movie, in addition to like the directing and the editing, that I think makes this movie so good is the writing, mm-hmm. the especially the the dialogue. Um, I think that that really helps make it what it is. Um, e- even if it's like the scene with the dad and his buddies, yeah, and they're watching the YouTube. Um, like they're, they're just like watching the clip of her singing shallow 
And they're like, like, what? Get the fuck out of here. How do they know how many people looked at it? <laughs> like, That's... it's just so sweet. And, like, you can feel the pride. And, like, I just, yeah. Uh, that sitcom I wanted with the drag queens, I want it to be followed up with a sitcom of Dice and his and limo buddies. And his limo buddies. It's, it's a real shame that uh, we can't give like six MVPs for this movie because this is maybe one of the, like I said, the weirdest casts, but the supporting cast performances between Dice slinging 100 miles an hour, kind of revigorating his career. This and Blue Jasmine both did that. Chappelle who only really has like two small little scenes of dialogue and he's funny and, and, mm-hmm. and, and cool and nice and not offending anybody. And then fucking Sam Neill, the, 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 the moment that got him the, the Oscar nomination of him back in the car out of the driveway after picking up Jack from the rehab and Jack telling him that he was the, the one that he idolized. He's like, that's fucking Sam Elliott. I say Sam Neill. Yeah. That's the guy from Jurassic Park. Sam Elliott. Good Lord. <laughs> Sam Elliott. I was trying to follow. I was like, I don't remember the scene with. <laughs> where, 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 was, where was Sam Neill and Laura Dern in this? Um, no, Sam Elliott back in uh, the oh part on the driveway. Oh my God. And the tears the in tears, his eyes. Like, that's fucking, that's. It's That's amazing. brotherhood. And that's like, that's like, that's a man. You know what I mean? Like, like feeling his motion. He's, he fucking crushes it later on uh, with his monologue. Uh, after Jack has killed himself, um, which it's it, you can't say like the the final moments of this movie are like your favorite, but it's you it's, can appreciate it's wonderfully shot, it's mm-hmm. wonderfully mm-hmm. staged, it's 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 dark and important and impactful with the fucking Charlie the puppy. It's it's he's so sad. The there, garage. I mean, he's probably taking a massive shit too because he had a big ass steak that his dad <laughs> made for him, but. Um, and then the ending of, you know, Allie, number one, assuming Jack's last name uh, for her stage name and kind of honoring him, not just from the song that he wrote for them, but honoring him in what he was trying to get at her about, you know, not buying into... Not losing herself. Not losing herself, which you see... Happening, even though she's getting the success, which I want to get to here in a oh, second. Oh, absolutely. I want to talk about that. Um, but just being, you know, kind of stripped down to her core and belting out the song. And then the edit to the moment we didn't see earlier, that, excuse me, that got cut off of him singing it for the first time to her. And notably, singing it in his real voice. Not singing it in the voice that he stole from his brother or the... This put like by doing it himself. I fucking love that ending. That it ending was, and it was so beautiful. I, and I and I love the use of like m- when you say like you know pared down and everything. It's like the use of makeup mm-hmm. and the progression. It's just so beautifully done. Like she's just raw and like you know basically you know no makeup. No Makeup Monday every day um, in the beginning. And as she starts getting more and more famous, mm-hmm. more and more notable, she starts adding more and more makeup. And then, you know, she's got the hair being dyed and everything. And it's like the fame and that just distorted mm-hmm. their reality and like what they, they were building. And that's why I think she's so good in this movie is because it really does mirror... 
Lady Gaga. Like, that's, you know, she, to get her name out there in the ether, she had the talent, she had the songs, she had to do the shocking, jarring, buzzworthy the videos, dress. outfits, and, yeah. and what what have you. To work now, like she'll never do that type of shit ever again. You know what she I mean? She doesn't. To. She doesn't fucking have to. Um, the one thing I do find notable, though, is originally this movie was going to be directed by Clint Eastwood with Beyonce, which would have been fucking awful. <laughs> would have been really bad. <laughs> would have been so bad because Beyonce can't act for real shit. Number one and number two, Clint would have been like, "Yeah, we're fine. Move along." But uh, that was Jake Roberts. Same thing. But when Bradley Cooper got involved in Gaga was, she was initially, I think, insistent that she be billed under her real name because she wanted to, like... And I think I think I remember that, and that was, like, kind of my peak of, like, man, fuck her. Like, pick a lane. You're good at this. Why you gotta go this route? Yeah. Why you gotta be, like, treated seriously? And somebody must have gotten her to be like, no, that, that is your name. That is your your value, your your stock fucking own it mm-hmm. and it kind of make doesn't make the movie better just getting built into your name but having her in it as Lady Gaga but still going back to her roots of how she kind of had to come up and, and make it mm-hmm. you connect with it as you watch her grow in the movie um, so here, here's a, some questions I want to pose about well, first, what what do you not like about the movie scene or you know any? I think any I agree movie. with you about like the rehab. It just <sighs> it's the my biggest complaint about the movie is not just like time with its passage and it being realistic, but the movie to me does have some pacing issues like. The movie sputters out with him in rehab, and then it rebounds strongly when he comes back. You know, tearful male bonding shit. But how quickly we get into Rez's bullshit of... That's, that's the thing I didn't like. I was like, of, this fucking douchebag. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like... I mean, this movie's so good, I think we could say, that actor plays Rez as the LVP of the movie. And it's not just, like, the character. I don't like the portrayal, really, because there's... I, I think the character is meant to... Not necessarily be a dick or a jerk. He probably could have had a little bit more tact <laughs> in a couple moments, but the way Absolutely. that he the way that he plays it makes him smarmier. And he's not supposed to be. He's supposed to be. You know, I, I don't think there's any ill will or intentions in what he's doing. It's just that's that's his job, you know. But I think that the actor that portrays it doesn't do anything new and makes him become shades of an evil, shitty record company guy. Mm-hmm. But the fact that Jack gets back and he's going over to say what he says to Jack, it's jarring and it just adds the timing issues that plague the movie. I There's agree. either too much time to digest what is happening with his problems or there's not enough time. Um, and that's that permeates throughout the movie to me. Um, similar with the uh, the wedding stuff. Like, the, wedding's, the wedding is beautiful, and, you know, Jack kind of with Chappelle and fucking randomly Eddie Griffin is, is all 
well and good, but could have either done, gotten to it sooner and seen more there, or, or cut it entirely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so here's here's my big my big question. All of Ali's songs are they bad on purpose for the audience, or are they just bad? And are they because She's getting nominated for awards. She's getting success. She's, sure. But like... That doesn't always mean that it's a good song. Sure. I mean, yeah. Uh, for the example on top of my head. Uh, the funk song. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> like, it, you know, part of it is like, oh, this is like the person of, you know, like this is the it person right now. Um, I think it was purposely bad. And I think I that's think the whole too. point. I think that's the whole point. It's like this like... Charming and authentic and, you know, like, the lyrics of Shallow compared to, like, you got an ass like that what or like, whatever. The Gene song. The Gene, yeah, like, <laughs> so I mean, it, it, it's so bad and it's so different and I think it just reinforces that the whole message that Jack was doing. Like, don't lose yourself. Like, yeah. like come on. I can write that song. Let me hear it. What you doing with an ass like fart? that? No. <laughs> it looked like you farted. <laughs> what you doing with an ass like that? I don't. I That's don't an Eminem know. song. Ass like that. That's what yeah. you just said. <laughs> That's what this song was. Um, Again, I love that. Ever since we got a theme song, we've been playing nothing. We've been doing nothing with movies that I want to fucking just jam out to the I soundtrack know. at the beginning and end of the podcast. I'm just gonna do it. Uh, also, shout out. I don't know why at every one of Jack's like after parties, whether it be on the bus or in the hotel, or whatever, they're just fucking playing Beastie Boys songs. I I didn't pick that up until this time when I watch it, but they're playing Gratitude. They're playing something off of To the Five Burrows as well, and I was like, I don't know what the meaning is behind that. Uh, yeah, I, the songs I've always struggled with her solo songs because they are bad, and. I, I think you talked me through it to where, yeah, it's purposely it's bad. It's absolutely purposeful but then, like, it's for the, the juxtaposition. But she's still, like, winning awards and stuff. If, if it had been the kind of thing where, like, she doesn't get nominated for Grammys, but let's say, like, oh, you went double platinum. And, like, maybe they're at, an, like, a ceremony where, like, she's getting her platinum sure. record or something. Sure. It, to me, but, the movie's not about making a statement on the industry, but that's what I read it as, is, like, oh, these, this shit sucks. But she's still getting awards, and she's still the hottest thing out there. It just the message I thought was more pointed towards artistry and not industry. So it, it takes me I, out of it in some mm, moments. I mean, I, I think at least the way that I read it. I don't know. I think it's like a, a combination of it. Um, I because it, it it's hard to to do one without the other. Yeah. To be quite honest with you, um. But it's kind of like, it's kind of like, you know, how much, you know, how much weight, like, Friday got. That song sucks. That's different. That, uh, not that's, different. Not that different. That is different. That is different. Because that's, that's social media and 15 minutes of fame type shit mm. compared to this where it's like a record company and national television and... You know, it, it's different. That, that's different to me. Um, because Friday didn't win any fucking awards. It wasn't eligible for them. Uh, the other thing is, there is some. there is maybe too much style 
and some on the nose messaging at times. Like, I, I, I do think that Bradley Cooper does suffer a little bit from. It's my first time as a director. I gotta make a fucking impact with some of the shit that I do. Like, mm. I don't like the title sequence. Um, the nooses on the billboard through the window. You know, it's stuff like that that feels very early, produced. early film school produced. Like. Oh, are they going to remember? It's like, yeah, of course I'm going to remember. You just frame four nooses in an open window <laughs> our main character. I think I think I right. fucking get it, right, you know? Right, exactly. So that, that stuff, while ultimately kind of innocuous, still still steams my claims a little bit. Uh, let's get... So we already named our LVP, right? Did you have anybody else for LVP? No. Besides the guy that plays Rez. And that actor is... Drumroll, please. That's not him. Where is he? Raffi Gavrin. Whose uh, his last name is just Gavrin in the movie. So there you go. Uh, what the fuck else has this guy done? Not much. Oh, he was in the Nick and Nord's Infinite Playlist. Don't remember that at all. Um, I mean, I really have nobody else. Uh, people that uh, obviously MVP is a two-person race, which we'll argue about here in a second. Um, I already mentioned Sam Elliott is a, I think, would be a solid number three. Dice is fantastic in his support and his love and his in his diceness. Hey, what's Thank going on? Better than Frank Sinatra. Andrew, nice clay. It's been so long. It really I want to point How out when you were watching my movie, this is just Vince Russo, that <laughs> that you were already fearing seeing me, and here I am, baby. Hey! Have you have you been? I've been how, how, have you been? Good. I do nice. stuff like this now. It's fantastic. I'm not even really doing the whole dice loud misogyny thing because I'm an actor. I gotta, I have a reputation. You've always been an actor. Yeah, but like, I, it's not in quotes anymore. <laughs> it's, it's like, I, you know, I'm in Oscar-nominated things. Not, how, how was it uh, on the A Star Is Born set? Was great. They paid me. That's number one. Did you have fun with your buddies uh, betting on the horses in Japan? I did. I do that in my off time. Uh, I got to meet some fun people. I got to wear a suit and not, and not have to take it back. It was, I had a great time. Let's see how nice I am now. You're just so nice. I'm so nice. But don't forget, at the drop of the hat, I can become dice, baby. You roll me snake eyes. I don't know what any of this means. Ow! All right. I'll, I'll, I'll see you later. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Ramos is fun in this. Um, is this character supposed to be gay in this? I've just always been curious. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. But when they, when she, when Jack passes out, the night they're gonna hook up, there, and she goes to his orgy. room. Yeah, he's got. Yeah, he's got like a lot of shit going on behind. Yeah. That's why I ask. Cause like, I don't know. Like, he could have farm animals back then. Sure. I don't know what. I don't know what fucking uh, fucking Ramon is into. Sure. Um, I don't know why Chappelle doesn't do more shit like this. Probably because he's probably too fucking scattered and abrasive to settle this, but he is friends with Bradley Cooper based on his famous Bradley Cooper and the White House story that he tells. Um, yeah, uh, am I not mistaken? Yeah, and then uh, 
his wife in this movie is uh, Robert De Niro's uh, daughter. daughter. And then his grandson who passed away is the son. Correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the daughter is Dave Chappelle's real, real life daughter, correct. Santa. Yes. Uh, and there's all kinds of random, you know, people in this, like Paldi and Alec Baldwin and whatever. Uh, MVP. Obviously, I have both written down. It, it's really hard not to because they both do such a great job, not just from an acting perspective, but from the performance, like with the singing and the, you know, crying, the emotion, the way that they deliver their lines. It's all just so well done. On the count of three, we're going to say mm-hmm. who our vote would be for. And hopefully it just works out. It's hard. I don't think I can make that decision. I was really hoping you would just be really set on one so I could be like, oh, okay. I I am, but I'm willing to... Oh, no, this is terrible. Uh, I want I want to hear your argument, but if you just say the right one... I like them both. One, two, three. Both Bradley of them. Bradley Cooper, <laughs> you suck. <laughs> <laughs> I tend to lean towards Bradley Cooper, and here's why. Gaga... This totally turned me around on her as a performer. I think she does an amazing job. At the end of the day, there is an extension of her in this character. Yes. Twofold, Bradley Cooper has to totally overhaul himself, not just as an actor, with you know, putting on this voice. And being damaged and tragic mm-hmm. and natural and also somehow funny, but learning how to also be a musician as well. On top of the value he brings to this movie, and this doesn't technically count, but I was going to have this in my back pocket if I needed to abstract it in. You could do this movie with a different actress than Lady Gaga. You could. I don't think it'd be as good. It would not be as good, but it would still be good because of Bradley Cooper. I think that's true. I think both he, in it, front of and behind the camera. I think that's true. That is that is where I take value at. Whereas if it's just Gaga and you put who I don't even know who else you could get that holds that weight. Because here's the other thing, like creating a fictional musician celebrity you have to hold that weight of like when he walks into the supermarket people are taking pictures of him or you know he's you know notorious he's famous yeah absolutely you get that from the way Bradley Cooper looks and carries himself and reacts to the situation no absolutely I totally get that and for everything I bemoaned about him as you know bemoaned about like Kind of the length of the rehab scenes and whatnot. He crushes all those scenes. He, he, and I mean, a lot of it's probably coming from real place. I know he had substance abuse problems really kind of before he hit it big when he was still struggling in the actor studio. But uh, the scenes where he's alone, like, it's the loneliness that really was the downfall and killed him. Like, you see his happiness and his spirit. Sure, he's still struggling with things, but. When he passes out, he wakes up in the morning and he's able to share stories about his childhood with her. And, you know, they're able to get a homestead and, you know, settle. 
And then yeah. he goes off to do this corporate gig. The first thing you see is him smashing pills with a boot. Yeah, like, absolutely. It's the loneliness. It's, it's loneliness that fucking kills. It, it is. And, and it's just, it's so relatable. Like, this movie does such a good job of just depicting, like, that weight, like, that inability to overcome that. Mm-hmm. That feeling of loneliness. And how it's and how you, temporarily fleeting. And not just the loneliness, but how your bullshit affects people. Right. Yeah. And how it's just like, you know, um, it, yeah, it just really, the inability for him to get help or and be helped at the same time. Mm-hmm. See, you know, he did good for a while, then, you know, a trigger and went back down the rabbit hole and he's just like drowning and well, drowning and also and how it's masked like you figure he comes back and you see you know I, I guess that kind of can explain the jarriness that I was complaining about earlier is he comes back and you see how happy you know he is playing outside with Charlie and he's doing the song for her just because someone's depressed doesn't mean they can't have right. bright moments. Right. Well, that's the thing. Like, she's like, you know, Rez comes over and talks to him, and then they're laying in bed, and she's telling him, you know, the worst thing he needs to hear, which is basically the lie that she, you know, is now riddled with after the fact. And sure, we know as the audience, based on what we're seeing, you know, we know what he's going through, but she's none the wiser because he's, you know, yeah. Saying, you know, just want to take one less look at you. And she does the nose thing. and But that's, it, yeah. it's it's, I, it's it's the tragedy of yeah. that, that, that's what real. happened. That's real. Yeah. It's so real. And it and it is really emotional and moving. Um, and then even her reaction to it. So, like, mm-hmm. that whole scene, all that stuff leading up to his suicide and, like, then the shot of the hat. Oh, beautifully done. But then her reaction. Mm-hmm. The... Anger, the mm-hmm. rage, right? Oh, yeah. the, the the resentment, right? The loneliness. It's like now it's the other side. Now she's feeling those things. Um, yeah, it, it's just it makes you feel. It does a really good job of portraying it authentically. I know, like we, I say that word so much, but. I think it's like the truest way to describe it because mm-hmm. it, it doesn't feel put on. It doesn't feel like excessive. And it's also hard to do because it's, it's not it accessible is. based on the level of fame and celebrity. Absolutely. That, that, that 99.9% of an audience that's watching the movie can't relate to. You right. know, most people, most dumb people are going to watch you be like, man, what do you got to be sad about? You got a hot, you got a hot wife and right. you're rich and you get to travel around the world. and Like that's, doesn't matter. That's, that's, that's besides only, the point. That only could magnify it. That only exactly. exemplifies. It, it magnifies it and it masks it. Yeah, it makes it. It almost makes it worse. And that, like, yeah, I have all that, and I can't still be fucking happy without a fucking drink and a fucking snort and fucking right. you know exactly. Um, yeah, this movie. Mental is, illness is nothing to sneeze at. All right, so we're going Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Lady, Lady, Gaga, I mean, Lady Gaga, Gaga is a surefire should have an MVP nominee, nominee at the end of the year. I So I want to bring up a couple things to you. Excuse me. 
uh, two things. One about where we're in right now and something about next week because I will forget if I don't bring it up now. Uh, so we talked about on Birdemic amending some of our rules and requirements mm. for uh, the Mullet Awards. The past couple years, we placed uh, limitations on ourselves for nominees in categories to one apiece for a movie. The more and more I think about it, the more and more I think that's not fair because we may have a case of not just in Birdemic's sense candidates for bad things. In the good case, why are we going to honor the 12th best performance when one movie might have the first and the fifth? You know what I mean? So I think we should scrap that rule going forward because that's how any other awards body does it. So, right, like if there were two so if, if it, songs if, if that they nominated. If it splits the vote, it splits the right. vote. You know, it, it is what it is. If it's that good and people recognize it, that's how it is. So if I wanted to, at the end of the year, nominate Andrew Dice Clay and Lady Gaga for should have been MVP from this movie, I'm allowed to do so. I won't, just as an example. Sure. So we're going to amend that rule okay. going forward. Uh, speaking of rules, next week, of course, is episode 450, where we're doing Interstellar. The rule in which we choose our movies every 50 episodes uh, was altered several years ago to, um, we originally had it as the highest movie on the IMDb top list that we didn't own, Mm -hmm, that became tedious, mm -hmm, so we moved mm -hmm. it to the movie that neither one of us had seen. That's right. So when I was looking today to lock in what episode 500 would be. Number one, in terms of trying to cross-reference our movie list and find out what that was. Um, I also noticed that the list skews heavily based on what's happening. So, as an example, Interstellar had actually jumped 20 to 30 spots on that list just because of Oppenheimer coming out and its Absolutely, increased influence. Sure. The Prestige, another Nolan movie, had significantly jumped as well afterwards. Um, and the Spider-Verse is already in the top 15 or 20. As it should be. As it should be. But there's no real way to keep that consistent. No, I think it should be from the top down. It's always going to change. So we're so we're always going to go to the top and whatever it is that neither one of us have seen we're going to Yeah, I think that's the fairest way to do it. The, the thing I was going to suggest was just every 50 episodes, especially as now the next one's 500, that's a pretty big, important milestone. Eh. Um, we just kind of call it in the ring, for lack of a better term, and just say, okay, this is what we feel like should be our movie. No, if you, if no. you want to do that, no, then... I think we should go on the list, okay, and, and, and go top down. I think that. So when we were so, so let me pull up the list now, so we can decide right now what episode five hundred would be, or we can wait to do it tomorrow, when we're recording. It's going to be six of one, half dozen of another. Um, the top rated movies. These are movies that neither one of us have seen that we do own. Yes, that is the rule we've set up. I uh, yes. Okay. Um, I will have to double check because the other thing that I noticed when we did this was, uh, well, when we first did this, it was, I know, I know. Cause Oppenheimer's 23rd already, but that doesn't count cause I've seen it. I've seen that. I've seen that. We don't own that. Um, I'm pretty sure originally I thought it was going to be Gladiator, 
but I don't think we own Gladiator. We I don't looked, own Gladiator? I looked at the list, and it wasn't on there. Yeah, but you know what? We've we've discovered we can't trust the list. I know. Uh, so if it's not Gladiator, I you, think... No, I've seen Gladiator. Oh, you've seen Gladiator? Yeah. Oh, never mind. <laughs> yes, okay. I've seen Gladiator. I've never seen Gladiator. So. Y- yeah, because well, when can you I? don't watch Oscar-nominated award-winning movies. Suck my dick. <laughs> also, do you like movies about gladiators? Uh, so I believe I've seen The Departed, which you have not. I actually think it would be The Prestige then. <laughs> I have not seen The Prestige. And who has? Wasn't it that, that movie we were supposed to watch with Augie? It's The Illusionist, you, you bitch. Uh, what? Those are two different movies? Yes. Have we so seen The Illusionist? It wasn't. Originally, it was going to be The Usual Suspects, which I have never seen. And I don't think I've was. seen The Usual Suspects. You have? I think I have. Here's the other problem. This no, is the other I thing I want to say. You don't know anything. So That's rude. What is Glad who is in Gladiator? Russell Crowe. And and Joaquin Phoenix. Okay. Who's in the usual suspects? That I, I don't know. Yeah, but you've seen it. Alright, so the No, pres- I said I think I have. I was not adamant about it. So the it. prestige is gonna be episode five hundred? Sure. Alright. So, I'll watch so we another have Interstellar four fifty, Christopher Nolan five hundred. Sure. He's one of your favorites. From so. there, oh boy. No, they're really going down there. Here's the other thing. I, thought, I don't know. Oh, that one might maybe. I haven't seen the whole thing. I guess that will count. We'll tackle that in, uh, next year. Uh, anything else on A Star is Born? No, I think I think we covered it. There are um, I almost, 59 swerves. I thought you were going to forget. Mo- no, absolutely not. I was just waiting. I didn't want to, you know. I was going to wait until. I was waiting until we got to the credits to be like, ha, you ruined it. No, no, I absolutely would 59, not. 59, that's a lot. There's 59, I know. There's uh, there's some some really good ones. Please don't tell me one is like, Swerve, he hangs himself. Well, no, it was Swerve, he kills himself in his garage. <laughs> that was actually what it was. Um, Swerve, they canceled the tour. Here, I'm going backwards now. Swerve, he f- fell over and pissed himself. You didn't know that was going to happen. Um, yes, I did, because he says that. I got to pee. Well, yeah, but you didn't know he was gonna like pee himself on the stage. Like you didn't, you didn't think that was gonna happen. Swerve, they hired this jack off to sing, Roy Orbison. I love Roy Orbison. I do too. I love Roy Orbison, but that jack off did not. Oh, that guy was terrible. Do him oh, man. at all? Hold on, we want to get him LVP <laughs> instead of Res. <laughs> he had one line. That guy was terrible. He had one line. Swerve, she got her Jackson titties on. All right, that's enough. What? Um, Anything else on A Star is Born? No, I think we talked about it. Great, great editing, great direction, great writing. Great, what one great of music, great ensemble. I mean, it, it's probably going to uh, be talked about a lot in um, at the Mullets this year. So yeah, it's. To me, one of the best pure Hollywood success stories through and through over the past 10 years. Launched an acting career, a directing career, was one of the last big movies of its kind that will ever get as a success. Just A's all around. Uh, so my score for A Star is Born is going to be a 9. I'm also giving it a 9. I hate you. I was going to give it a 9.5. Uh, 
Uh, just like I, I mean, like, I think this movie's a great movie. I don't know who would not like it or be so against seeing it. You. No. What? You're the fucking. I love this. I jam out to the song in my car. I love it. Worst. I. And then you also you play you play the Bradley Cooper songs and it's it's I really play bl- great. Black Eyes Black and Eyes Alibi is... are both. Yeah, fantastic. it's great. Yeah, we play them all the time. We're singing them, singing them as we're driving down the street. My two movies to nominate. I'm gonna ignore you for the rest of uh, my life. Is uh, good. Prob- Maybe you'll have a. We probably won't get to until September top because 10, top ten days. August is gonna be fast month here on the show. But just in case we lag behind, that, I want to get something that was easy, something that was quick, something that was light, something that was fun. Must have something we can do with Jillian. So I'm nominating two movies. Based on recent interests and things that we've discussed in the Nickelodeon world. So oh. I'm nominating the Rugrats movie and Harriet the Spy. Oh man, Harriet the Spy. <laughs> Which we, as Apple mentioned, it, we already owned it, but it wasn't on our list somehow. So we bought it and now we have two copies of it because it was so cheap that Amazon's like, yeah, just fucking keep it. Here's your money back. I love where at that point Amazon's so big where it's like, look, we're just losing money on you being wrong about things, whatever. So Harriet the Spy will probably be sometime in September, or it'll be sooner than that, depending on what we have going on uh, over the next few weeks. Uh, But next week, episode 450, Interstellar, and then, like I said, the all 10 Fast and the Furious movies, then The Great Dictator, then Harriet the Spy, and then next thing you know, it's going to be October. I already got got plans for October. Um, We're going to do Pandemic 2 and 3. Um, we're gonna have to pick something off our camp pick list for Halloween. I have movies. I get to nominate movies, and probably you'll get to nominate movies as well for Halloween. Uh-oh. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good rest of the year here on the the pod. Thank you for listening. As always, go to arcadeaudio.net for this podcast and the others on our network of shows. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. patreoncom slash audio for bonus content. facebookcom slash movies at marywmovies on Twitter. marymovies at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the show. For me, at your host, Malt38 on Instagram. For you. At Jam with your Sam. Also for me, arcadeaudio.net slash podbloggle for my retro wrestling diary. I believe this week's episode is Uncensored 1998. I gotta make sure I... Uh, I've started to take notes on my computer. Hip, hip, hooray! So, mine not actually uh, miss weeks anymore, even though I still have mild formatting to do. So, that'll be done uh, here once we're done recording. And uh, stay tuned for Samantha's thoughts on Barbie in just a couple weeks' time. Hopefully. Hopefully. I mean, we're going to go that Saturday. Hopefully. And if if you don't play your cards out, I'm just going to let you guys go to Barbie and let's go to Oppenheimer. Okay. I don't, have I don't to know. Why, was that a threat? I you better watch out or I won't go to this movie with you. I mean, you can still totally go by yourself. I'm a grown-ass woman. Now I want to go to see how much you cry. Oh, gosh. For Mullet. <laughs> this is Mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Flash the movies. I'm surprised I didn't do I did my dice, but I was, I was going to try to do a Jackson Maine on this, and I just didn't. Go for it. Let me hear. What would it have been? Uh, you know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Wait, I'm so sorry. Nope, nope. Did I'm you have cu- something stuck in your throat? I'm going to you? I'm going to cut it before I even say anything. No, no, try it again. That was Sylvester Stallone getting stung by bees. I'm going to close my eyes and do it. See if I think you're Bradley Cooper. You're just fucking ugly. 
Oh my. One, you didn't have to pick that line. No, I was saying it to you. Two, that was like you're doing Patrick Walburton trying to be Jackson Maine for like Halloween or something. This is is Jackson Maine here. We're about to, about to, you're too fucking drunk. Ooh, hold on, wait a second. Hold on, Sam, I got Sam Elliott. Is that Sam Elliott? Hello, I'm Sam Elliott, not Sam Neal. No. No. <laughs> yeah. You're too fucking drunk. I'm close. Sure. I'm close. God, I mean, yeah, keep practicing. Do it again. <laughs> Ten minutes on the <laughs> podcast still going on. <laughs> Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.